Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a weekly podcast to keep you up to date on what's new on our cloud platform, Microsoft Azure. Your hosts, Cynthia Crane, Evan Basilic, Suji DeMello, Kendall Roden, Kel Teeter, and Russell Young discuss a different service or solution on each show with subject matter experts to explain how to get started, how different services work, and how to make decisions in tricky scenarios. You can find out more about our podcast at azpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Azure Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Evan Baslick, um, and today we are recording. This is um, not August, September 7th, um, and we are recording episode number 438. We're going to be talking about the NAT Gateway with uh, Amy Littleton. Um, so before we get to that, one little bit of news. Um, and, you know, this is, I guess, technically this is an Azure thing, but it's a nice overlap between Teams and Azure, but the Azure Communication Service, which we've actually talked about on the show before, um, has announced Teams compatibility now. So now if you're building a, an app or a site where you used to have the ability for people to kick off chats or conversations, now you can do that with Teams integration, which actually I think is, is super cool, right? Because that's one of the most frustrating things for me, at least, where I want to interact with somebody and I have to go to a total separate app um, at that point. But um, a little bit light on news, so uh, nothing else there. So with that, um, I think let's get over to our special guest, Amy. Um, Amy, we were sort of chatting before the show, you're relatively new to Microsoft, but can you introduce yourself and and tell us who you are and what you do here at Microsoft? Yeah, thanks, Evan. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm Amy Littleton. Uh, I'm a product manager within uh, Azure Networking, um, and uh, I work on the Load Balancer and NAT Gateway uh, product group team. Um, uh, my specialty is NAT Gateway, which is obviously okay. the topic of today's uh, today's chat. Um, yeah, so I am I own end to end the customer experience for this really really great product, and yeah, I can't wait to dive in and and tell you all the cool things that NAT Gateway does. Awesome. So let's so let's start let's start by the the starting piece because I suspect there are some audience members that don't know what is what is NAT. In this in this context, right? We sort of throw it out there. It's in the name of the product, but but what is NAT in this context, and why do I like why would I ever use NAT Gateway? Yeah, so NAT stands for Network Address Translation. This is actually uh, a really fundamental, um, you know, networking um, process that happens. Um, actually, this happens even within like your own home with like specific home devices. So like mm -hmm. your like so like your your router that you use at home for connecting to the internet. Um, your router is actually a network address translation device. So basically what it does is it's actually protect, it's protecting your devices, your personal devices, every single time that you connect out to the internet. And the way that it does that is it translates the IP address that's associated with your private devices, like your laptop. Um, it translates it into a public facing IP address that is gonna, then gonna be used to go out and connect to various different um, sites on the internet. Um, and so what we have now done is we've created this service, uh, the NAT Gateway service within Azure, and it also, um, it provides that same capability. But what's really great about this particular <laughs> NATing um, service is that it provides it on such a more resilient, more sort of scalable level, right? 
Um, and I can like talk about the specifics there, um, but that's really what network address translation is that we're talking about. We're talking about private IP addresses being translated into a public facing one yep. so that you can connect out to the internet, but maintain the security of your private devices. And, and some of this is about multiplexing, right? Because there's there's not enough IPv4 addresses out there, right? For everybody's home device to have one. IPv6 has that construct, but you still would want the sort of the abstraction that the NAT gateway would give you as well. But like, why can't, um, why can't I just use, like the software load balancer does some of this for me as well. Why can't I just use the software load balancer to this? Like, why do I have to have NAT gateway as a, as a thing? Like, why, why did we go invent that if we had SLB? Mm. That's a really, really great question. So yes, load balancer is one of the methods that you can use for connecting outbound to the internet from your Azure network. But mm -hmm. NAT Gateway does things that load balancer doesn't do, or actually what I rather should say is that it does things better than okay. the way <laughs> load balancer does. There's a, a, um, there was a certain PM that was on the team earlier or on the show a couple, you know, a few months back talking about load balancer. So we'll make sure that she hears that little snippet that NAT Gateway <laughs> does it better. Oh, no, no, no. No, load balancer is great by all means. I'm on the load balancer team, all about that load balancer. But when it comes to connecting outbound to the internet from your Azure networks, really what is the recommended solution to use is NAT Gateway. And okay. really the reasons for that is for, for a couple different reasons, right? So it really, NAT Gateway is really providing a level of flexibility with like workloads that load balancer simply does not. So, okay. um, and this in large part has to do with the way that snap ports are allocated. So every so we'll do, like kind of back up for a second to talk okay. about like what is a what is a snap port. So I was just going to ask that question. Okay. <laughs> So you can think of so if we take that if we go back to like talking about like our our compute like our our home devices right and they're they're using our router you know to connect out to the internet right and and it's using that public facing IP address that's built into the router as a way to connect outbound to the internet so your private devices are also um, every single time that it makes a connection out to some destination endpoint over the internet it's using something called a port. So a port is just basically like a specific endpoint uh, for a connection um, okay. that's going out to a destination endpoint, right? So ports are just basically like uh, the, the endpoints for a specific connection that's taking place. Um, so every single time that you make a new connection out to the internet, you're using a, a port. Now, okay. um, public, so you get ports through your public IP address association. So in the con, so if we take it back to like NAT Gateway, for example, every single public IP address that's provided um, by Azure that you associate with your NAT Gateway, it then provides 64,512 SNAP ports by which to connect outbound to. So when you're connecting outbound to the internet, using that public IP address that's associated to NAT Gateway, you're also going to be using a source port um, to basically connect outbound. And then that's like basically the starting point for your connection. Okay. So what, so if we, so if we talk about the comparison between load balancer and NAT Gateway, this is like a really sort of fundamental difference between the two. So load balancer, um, you, you, you know, associate, you also associate public IP addresses with your load balancer. And then, you know, when you make a, a connection from like 
a virtual machine instance um, in your virtual network out to the internet, like for load balancer, it's doing the same thing. It's it's selecting a port to make to, to have as that like source endpoint. And then it's using the public IP address of load balancer to connect outbound to the internet. So that in that regard, NAT gateway and load balancer are doing the similar so I, thing. So I sort of get that, but I sort so basically what you're saying is I sort of get that by default. Right. Yeah. But I think I think what you heard, what I heard you say earlier was, um, you know, there's 64,000 of these potential outbound ports. Yeah, if I have enough VMs behind. That's not a whole lot of ports per VM. Right. If I have enough outbound connections coming from enough sources, is that why we need that gateway? Ultimately, is is that limit there? No. Well, so okay. yes and no. So there's okay. like a couple, there's a couple of things sort of at play. So so one thing that NAT Gateway does uh, really effectively um, is the way that it actually allocates these SNAP ports to these VMs within your virtual okay. network, right? So basically what happens with load balancer is that you have to allocate a fixed amount of SNAP ports to each of your VM instances within your network, within your virtual network in order to connect outbound. But with NAT Gateway, essentially what happens is that there's like this on-demand allocation. So NAT Gateway is really, really super easy to configure for your virtual mm -hmm. network. Essentially, there's it's just like a couple clicks of a button. And what you do is you attach NAT Gateway to a subnet in your virtual network mm -hmm. where like all your VM instances are going to be located or whatever your IP-based you know, resources are. And then you attach it to a public IP address. And then just by doing that association, NAT Gateway will take precedence for connecting outbound. And when you make that, when you make that uh, correlation with the subnet and with the public IP address to your NAT Gateway, um, basically, what happens is that VM instances within your subnet, they can basically use, they can just basically pull whatever SNAP or use whatever SNAP ports that they need in order to connect outbound. There's no like requirement to have to like say like, okay, this VM is going to get this set amount of SNAP ports to use and this other VM is going to get this set amount the mm -hmm. way that you have to do that with load balancer. With NAT Gateway, it's all just on demand. SNAP ports can just be used as needed in order to connect outbound to the internet. And with every single public IP address that you associate with NAT Gateway, uh, you get 64,512 SNAP ports. And with NAT Gateway, it's really great because you can actually scale your outbound connectivity. Ah, so, so if I need can, more, I actually can do more connect. I can do more versus sort of that static limit. Exactly. So you can okay. scale your outbound connectivity with the association of public IP addresses. So if you're like, you know what? 64,512 SNAP ports, it's just not enough for me. Then all you have to do is just attach another public IP address and you can attach up to 16 public IP addresses to your NAT gateway in uh, order to allow to scale up to that outbound connectivity. So with 16 IP addresses, that like roughly works out to having like over a million SNAP ports for connecting outbound. And you don't have to just, it, you know, all of your VM instances, they don't have to sit all in just one single subnet. You can actually have mm -hmm. multiple subnets within your virtual network attached all to the same NAT gateway in order to connect outbound to the internet. And then all of those VM instances across all of the subnets associated with NAT gateway, they will just basically use SNAP ports as needed and like pick a public IP address in order to connect outbound. There's like no management overhead that's needed to be done by the customer. Like all you have to do is just attach your subnet 
and attach your IP addresses to your NAT gateway. And then NAT gateway just basically takes care of everything else. So in addition to providing this like really highly like resilient, scalable method by which to connect outbound, it's also just like a really super simplified way to also connect outbound as well. Yeah, so so I think then, I mean, this makes a lot of sense. It, it's, it gives me a lot more scale, a lot more flexibility. I think the quite the follow-up question I have is, you know, if this is so easy, should I should I always use it? Like, how do I know my application is a good fit for NAT gateway versus just sort of the basic capabilities built into the software load balancer? Is it is it really about, you know, hey, if you have more than I'm just making up a number, but if you have more than 50 VMs, you ought to think about NAT gateway. Or if you're like, how how do I know as a as a user when I should put the NAT gateway? Because I'm guessing it's not free. Right, relative to you know to everything else, so there's there's always a cost thing there, and we don't you know need to get in that piece here. But like, I, is there a scenario when I say you, you we recommend people like, hey, you should start with that gateway, or should I always start with SLB, and then when I run into trouble, I should look at moving to NAT gateway? How do I go through that thinking? Well, when it comes to connecting outbound to the internet, I mean, yes, there is a cost associated with NAT Gateway, mm -hmm. but really when it comes to connecting outbound, like NAT Gateway should always be used above okay. and beyond load balancer. And so like, and like a really like a huge large or a large part of the reason why is because like NAT Gateway, because of the because of the way that it like dynamically allocates snap ports mm -hmm. um, and the way that it's able to select snap ports in order to connect outbound, you know, it really provides this like level of flexibility so that you never you never have to really worry about your outbound connectivity gotcha. in the way that you do with okay. load balancer. One of the most common concerns that we saw with load balancer before NAT Gateway came into existence is this idea of snap port exhaustion. So in their troubleshot that, yep. <laughs> yeah. So like and like this whole like, you know, sort of fixed allocation of snap ports that you have to do with load balancer, like that is like a big like that was like a big part of the reason that causes the snap port exhaustion. Mm -hmm. If you say, you know, for, you know, if you have like a couple different VMs in your in your um, virtual network and you say like, OK, each of my VMs can only use like, you know, X amount of snap ports. Well, what happens when one of those VMs uses up all of its snap ports, but then the other the other VMs still have you know available snap ports? That VM so, that runs out, like it just runs out, and then you basically that results in uh, outbound connectivity failure, even though that there's other ports that are available on these other on these other VMs. Right. But with NAT right. Gateway, because of this dynamic allocation, right, you never have to worry about that. There's just basically like a pool of snap ports that are available for every single VM. There's no like fixed allocation that has to be done. So like your chances of running into snap port exhaustion are like significantly like way more low with NAT gateway. And if you do right. run into snap port exhaustion, it might be just really a matter of scalability and needing to scale up to use like additional public IP right. addresses. Okay, so it sounds like then really the thought process should be as simple as Hey, do do I have a lot of is outbound connectivity a big thing of a big portion of my app, right? Because because a lot of apps really are purely inbound connectivity, right? What you know most yeah. websites, most you know most data processing applications, a lot of stuff comes in, but there's not a whole lot of outbound connectivity. So so it sounds like really if I have non-trivial outbound connectivity, I should really be looking at that gateway out of the box. It's not really about a scale. It's if I have outbound connectivity, that's when I should be looking at this or significant yeah. outbound. 
Yeah, agreed. And like the other aspects, like, so like I'm talking a lot about scalability, but like the other aspect of this is like security, right? So like mm -hmm. NAT gateway is explicitly used only for outbound connectivity. So like you can't have any inbound initiated traffic coming in through your NAT gateway resource. Oh, so it's a completely separate endpoint then that, that's one that's unidirectional. Yeah. Ah, okay. So okay. with that said, um, so haven't told the whole truth. So with that said, so yes, NAT gateway, you can only like have outbound connectivity. You can have return traffic also come in through the NAT gateway, but that's only going to be in response to an outbound uh, outbound traffic flow that went through the NAT gateway. Yeah, that, that's the typical security protocol protocol we have through all NSGs, right? If we allow you out one way, we allow you to come back because that's exactly. the other after that flow. Okay. That okay. exactly, but that provides like a level of security in addition, right? Because the fact that like no inbound traffic is going to be able to get through a NAT, a NAT gateway, only outbound traffic is going to. So like NAT gateway provides right. scalability. It provides this like resiliency. It provides this level of security with regard to connecting outbound. The other thing that I'll mention too um, around like the security piece of this too is like, a lot of customers need to be using static public IP addresses so that they can whitelist those IP addresses at these destination endpoints, right? Like, mm -hmm. especially like if you're connecting to the same destination endpoint over and over and over again, you might like want to have an added layer of security by like whitelisting those IP addresses and saying like at that destination endpoint, only these IP address, like connections coming from these yeah. IP addresses are allowed. So the IP addresses that you associate with NAT Gateway are just that they are static public IP addresses. So they don't change. They are just stay exactly as they are. And you just and you have 16 of them or you can have up to 16 of them associated with your NAT gateway um, that you can use for whitelisting. So like that's like an added benefit as well right. as if you have this static IP association with the NAT gateway. OK, so so I think my um, you, you mentioned the scaling um, capability is this um, and a service that auto scales? Is this a service I have to scale? Like, what is what is that scale? Or is this a PaaS service that that Microsoft just manages for me? Like, how do I manage that scale piece? Yeah, so that's a really that is a really really good question. So when it comes to when it comes to managing the scalability of it, like if you're I guess like if you're if you're if you're trying to decide like how many public IP addresses I right. need to have associated with my NAT gateway, like that is going to be a piece that needs to be owned by the customer. We put that ownership into the, the customer's hands of it basically deciding like how many IP addresses that they want to have associated. With that said, you can also associate a public IP prefix to your NAT gateway so that you have just like one contiguous set of IP right. addresses that are associated with your NAT gateway. And that's like a very common route that a lot of customers like to go with. So that way, right, you just have, you just say like, okay, I want a prefix that has, you know, two, four, eight, or 16 addresses associated with it. And then, and then that's all like good to go and set up. Um, the only things that like you really have to manage with your NAT gateway is like basically your configuration setup, like and like that, that IP address 
um, association is, is mm -hmm. part of that configuration setup, right? So you just need to be able to associate it to your subnets and your virtual network and then attach it to your IP addresses. And then basically Azure takes care of everything else for you. Um, you don't need to set up like any kind of user defined like routes yep. for your subnet yep. in order to connect outbound. Like basically as soon as NAC gateway is associated to the subnet, like it takes over as like the default route for connecting outbound to ah, the internet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that that's great. I mean, this I I can think back. You know, I, the the audience has sort of heard me talk about this, but like I live in this world of broken. I, I if it's not broken, I'm generally not there. Um, you know, but like snapboard exhaustion is a thing. It, it's something people have been running into for years. It sounds like this is a great solution. Um, you know, to to sort of get ahead of that, right? If you know you have outbound connectivity, you should be looking at it. Um, so this is awesome, an awesome service. I'm glad to see that we've built this. Any, uh, you know, sort of any last things you want to leave the audience with that they should be thinking about when they think about NAT Gateway? I mean, I think your your point about always think about it is is sort of the, I think that's a great place to start. Anything else that you feel like we need to well, remind them? Well, I think. I think another sort of like big point to take away here is that like, I mean, the reality is, is that like a lot of customers like don't actually like know what their traffic patterns are, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're like mm -hmm. setting up, like if you're setting up like your infrastructure in Azure and you know that you need to have outbound connectivity to the internet, you might not know like exactly like how many connections you're gonna, you're gonna really be right. making from your virtual network. So with like NAT Gateway, that's fine. You don't actually need to know what your traffic patterns are because of the way that these like because of the way that the snap port allocation works and that it's very dynamic. Um, it just it just basically takes care of like this allocation for you um, in order to prevent any kind of risk of like snap port exhaustion. So, yes, like if you're if you're concerned about snap port exhaustion, like, yes, like absolutely use NAT Gateway. But even if you don't know what your traffic patterns are, NAT Gateway is really going to protect you against any kind of like real um you know, issues around snap port exhaustion, but also like because of this sort of like built in redundancy and built in, yeah. built in resiliency yeah. of NAT gateway, like it's really, it's really going to just prove to be the ultimate like um, option for outbound connectivity from your Azure network. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think I hear the message loud and clear. If I've got outbound connectivity, I should be, I should be thinking about NAT gateway. That's sort of the base, base yeah. message. So Okay, well, love no, this load was balancer. <laughs> love load balancer too. In fact, you can even use your NAT gateway like like with your load balancer. Like if you have a if you have an infrastructure setup that you need inbound and outbound connectivity, you can use both. Yeah, you can use both, and that load balancer will then handle all your inbound connections, and NAT gateway will handle your outbound connectivity exclusively. So just want to okay. like add in that additional feat, like. Load balancer and NAT gateway work very harmoniously with one another. As well. I, I, I could see the I could see the load balancer and NAT gateway you know fights within the team. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is this is great, Amy. Um, you know, thanks for coming on. Thanks about you know talking about the NAT gateway. Um, I think this is something the audience. I hope when you when you're you know when we see you grow up, right, we can come back and and appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on and letting me um, share about like all the cool things that NAC Gateway does. Um, looking forward to yeah coming on and sharing more when uh, when there's more updates to share. Uh, we will we will absolutely hold you to that. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> all right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any thoughts, questions, or just want to connect, find us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org 
under the Creative Commons license. We hope you'll tune in again soon to keep learning with us.